Welcome to Catch the Fire Toronto's weekly sermon podcast. This message was recorded live at Catch the Fire Church in Toronto, Canada. We hope you enjoy it. We're in a series that is all about, the theme for the year is called The Awakening. And this month we're talking about back to the basics. And so what we're going to talk about today is hearing God's voice. So we're going to get into that in just a moment. But next Sunday is the last Sunday before Canadian Thanksgiving. So in two Sundays from now is Canadian Thanksgiving. And we would like to encourage you next Sunday to bring a grab, not a grab, a bag. I said the word grab backwards. A bag of non-perishable groceries, tins, boxes, things like that. And we're going to participate in the the council person for this riding in the city of Toronto is Michael Ford. He's having this food drive, and we'd like to participate in that as a church being in his riding. And so if you would like to do that to help people who live in this community, this community to the north of us especially, we're at the very south end of the uh, uh, this particular uh, political boundary area, and this is the lowest income, highest unemployment of all of the GTA. Is just north of us, and so there's a very real need to be uh, helping people. So if you're able to remember to do that next week, we're hoping to send you a little prompt on Sunday morning to say, remember to bring some groceries. That would be really, really, really good. Uh, some of you aren't on our church's email, and you need to be. And the reason you need to be is those who are on our email know that every Thursday we get a little briefing. Here's what's going on at Catch the Fire. And one of the things that we're getting close to is maximizing our building. We're getting close to our self-imposed number of 400 people at a meeting. And so we're asking you to pre-register to come. That way you guarantee a seat. Yep. So a whole bunch of you did that. But those of you who didn't do that, it's probably because you're not on our email list. And so if you're not on our email list, make sure that when you're leaving, go to the TV screen, and one of our team will make sure that they get you on our email list. Good? Perfect. Already, 26, 27 years in a row, every September, we have Dr. Mark Verkler. You still live in Buffalo. Now he lives in Orlando, Florida. We have him come and teach our church family how to hear God's voice through journaling. And he can't do that this year. He can't cross the border. Uh, he can't come here. And so what we're going to do today is instead of a six-hour seminar, I'm going to quickly go through in 20 minutes how Mark Verkler teaches people how to hear God's voice. Are you good for that? Perfect. I have a scripture verse for you. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. And John, who is the youngest of the disciples, he is the only one of the 12 that is going to live a long life. He's probably in his 90s. And the the book of Revelation, the last book in our scriptures, is two visions that he's had. Chapters 1, 2, and 3 are about the seven churches in modern-day Turkey. And he has messages from God for those churches. And then chapter 4 to the end uh, is all about the last, uh, the unfolding of when Jesus returns, what heaven's going to look like, uh, Battle of Armageddon, all these different kind of things that the book of Revelation has. And John, it's two big visions that he has. And at the beginning of the second vision is Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. It starts out like this. After this, I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. 
And the voice that I first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here and I'll show you what must take place after this. Question for you, is John in the spirit when he's seeing these things and hearing these things? Yes or no? John in the spirit, hands up, yes? See, most of you knew it was a trick question because he's not in the spirit. Look at verse two. At once, I was in the spirit. So what has happened in verse one? What happens when he sees a door and he sees it opening? What happens when he sees a voice or hears a voice and it sounds like a trumpet? What happens when he hears Jesus say, come on up, come into heaven, have an experience with me? What's happening in verse one? Turns out that John is positioning himself and getting ready to hear from God. And he is following the advice that he's been given by God the last time that he talked to God, which is Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. The last time that he saw Jesus, Jesus said this, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and eat with that person, and they with me. So John is remembering, as he's having this, this day when he's feeling, I, I need... I need to experience God again. I'd like to see things about the future. I'd like to see things about the presence. I'd like to just experience God. And he remembers the last experience that he had a week before, a month before, don't know. And in that, he'd seen a door, and Jesus was behind the door. Jesus opens the door and said, if anyone opens the door, I'll talk to you. We'll have a meal together. We'll hang out. And went the voice of Jesus, and that was like a trumpet. Sounded like a trumpet. And so... Revelation chapter 4, what does he do? He, back here, sorry. He positions himself to be in a place to do all of those kind of things. So he looks, and he imagines a door standing open in heaven. He imagines a voice that he's heard before speaking to him like a trumpet. He even puts words in the mouth of Jesus and has Jesus say to him, come on up, and I'll show you what might take place after this. And instantly... He's in the Spirit, and now the flow of the Holy Spirit begins. And friends, I can't prove this to you, but all of what we have in the book of Revelation, that second long, long, long chapter after chapter of detail of what heaven is like, what the battles in the future are going to be like, we have it all because John wrote it down. Because John wrote it down. And so that's what we're going to talk today, is about how does God speak to us? How can we engage God to ask questions of him, to hear his voice, to have some uh, information that we're missing, to talk to him when we're having a bad day or a good day? How do we do that? And we're going to be following a passage from one of the Old Testament prophets named Habakkuk. And in the Old Testament, friends, there are three different kinds of prophets. A third of the prophets heard God speak like Isaiah. Isaiah says, the word of the Lord came to me. So he, he's hearing voices or, or words in his head. He's getting thoughts and he knows that God's communicating to him through his ears. A third of the prophets hear God by visions. They see things. Ezekiel's like that. He sees the vision of a valley of dry bones can these bones live? And he's, he's talking to God and he's seeing it happening. He's seeing little movies. He sees a wheel within a wheel. So a third of the prophets were like that. And then one third of the prophets were both. They could hear and they could see. And by the way, Jesus says that followers of him are going to be able to hear God a third way, which is that your spirit just knows what God's saying. 
So Jesus said, I can only do what I hear. I can only do what I see. I can only do what I know. And so we're talking about the Spirit of God. So here's what Habakkuk says. I'll stand at my guard posts, and I'll keep watching. I'll see what he will speak to me. And then the Lord said, record the vision. So in this in these couple of verses, we have a very, very simple way on how to hear from the Lord, how to position yourself to hear from the Lord, and how to record what's, what the Lord's doing. So this is all from Mark Verkler, and because he's not here, his book is here. So if you like this, you want to go a little deeper, we've got three or four of Mark's books in the Resource Center. I want to encourage you to grab that. This is a six-hour seminar right in the book, or you can go on YouTube and download it, watch it there. Number one, stand at my guard post. And the idea here is that we are putting ourselves in God's presence and we're going to be still. We're going to calm ourselves. And the Bible says, be still and know that I'm God. Yep. Doesn't mean that you can't be hearing God while you're in a walk. But you can definitely position yourself to be ready to hear from God. And that's what he's talking about. It would appear that Habakkuk, his day job was that he was a security guard. It would appear that the city that he's on, he's up in one of those towers that's on the wall, and he's watching and giving the orders to the guys who have the gates, and he's saying, no, no, these are friendly people. They're bringing in uh, crops. They're bringing in merchandise. Open the gates. Let them in. And then people that were enemies, he would shout down, enemies, close the gates, close the gates. And his role was to be able to be a guard and a watchman. And while he's doing that, the Lord speaks to him and says, well, that's a little bit like being an intercessor. That's a little bit like hearing God's voice. And just as you're standing there, you're, you're paying attention, you're listening, you're watching, that's how I'm going to talk to you. And so the Bible seems to say that you and I can position ourselves to be able to hear God. I think that it was the prophet Elisha. I can't remember. I didn't look it up. But one of the Old Testament prophets, whenever they wanted to hear God, they would ask for a harpist. They'd get a guitar player to play some quiet music. And as they sort of put themselves in the spirit realm into worship, they were able to hear God and give prophetic words. God loves to communicate, and he wants to talk to each one of us. And for each one of us, it's going to be slightly different. If you watched our devotional talk today on social media all this week, all the talks are going to be people from our church family, small group leaders, uh, people on our staff sharing how God talks to them. And today we had Manny uh, interviewing one of the girls in his small group and how God speaks to her through visions and dreams. And so God talks lots of different ways, but the good news is he wants to talk to you. How does God talk? Well, in this passage, it talks about seeing and hearing. And so, friends, we're going to be encouraging you through journaling is to be able to expect God to, to reveal himself either through your thoughts or the thoughts that come to you or through pictures and visions. Have you ever wondered why so many of the stories in the scriptures are very visual? They tell you details that perhaps it's like, why do we know all these details? For example, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Remember that psalm? I'd like you to close your eyes, and I'd like you to pretend that you're where David is. So close your eyes. Picture this. The Lord is my shepherd. Where are you? 
Are you in a field? Are you in a barn? Are you with sheep? The Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. What do you see? He makes me lie down in green pastures beside still waters. You can open your eyes again. The scriptures are telling people stories of how they encountered God. And so here's David as a young guy, 13-year-old, 12-year-old. He's a shepherd for his dad. And he's writing, and, and clearly he has had a God experience in Psalm 23. And it's been recorded. He's written it down. He's pictured himself with Jesus as his shepherd. He's seen, perhaps he's in a, in a meadow. There's a little, a little brook, a little river. And he's, he's telling us this so that we can enter in and also know that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And he's helping us to be able to experience God the same way that he did. And the reason we know that is because he wrote it down. And we have it. All the scripture, friends, is inspired by the Holy Spirit. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. But the scriptures are there for us to be able to hear from God, to experience God, just like the people who had those experiences themselves. So we'll be looking for things. We're to be experiencing things. And friends, the scriptures over and over and over say that we can initiate those. So like, let's say tomorrow morning, you're waking up and you've got time to meet with God. And you say, I'd like to take 10 minutes. And I, God, I'd like you to be real. I'd like you to be present. I want to experience you. And so I want to encourage you, have your cup of coffee, have a Bible, have a pen, have paper, have your laptop. And just to begin, pick a passage like Psalm 23, close your eyes. The Lord's my shepherd. And to begin to see yourself right there. And just quiet yourself. Holy Spirit, I welcome you right now. Welcome your presence. I'm looking to hear. I'm looking to see. What is it you'd like to say to me? What do I need to know? Help me to experience you today. And friends, this is one of the things that is just amazing is that God's looking to have a relationship with us. God's looking to talk to us. In 1993, May, I think it was 1993, I came to this church and I took my very first seminar at this church. And it was at a prophetic conference. And during the day, John Arnott, our founding pastor, Mark DuPont, who was one of the pastors at that time, they were the guys who were speaking. And in the afternoon, you had a, a, an option. You could go to workshops, seminars on how to hear God's voice or intercession. I chose hearing God's voice primarily because all of my life, I had been told that God doesn't talk. Anyone brought up God doesn't talk? Used to talk, but he doesn't anymore? Okay, there's not too many of you, I'm glad, because the Bible says that God does talk. But I grew up in a tradition that the Bible is the last time that God talked. He doesn't talk through prophets anymore. It doesn't give dreams. So if I was having dreams and felt they were inspired by God, no, not really. That was what I was taught. So I'm taking this seminar thinking, I'm going to just listen to what these guys believe, because this is very different than me. And Mark DuPont, sorry, not Mark, Mark Verkler, who wrote this book, he, uh, 
Gets everyone together. Hi, my name's Mark. I live in Buffalo, New York, and I'm going to teach you how to hear God's voice. And I'm going, okay, great. Let's hear what you got. And he says, how many of you feel that you're a follower of Jesus? Hands up. I put my hand up. How many of you believe that the Bible is the word of God? Hands up. I put my hand up. How many of you hear God's voice? I did not put my hand up. Most people did put their hands up. And he said, for those of you that put your hand up to say you're a follower of Jesus and you believe the Bible, you have a problem. Because Jesus, in John chapter 10, verse 10, says, my sheep, which is a Christian word for follower of Jesus, my sheep hear God's voice, is what Jesus said. So if you're a Christian and you believe the Bible and you don't hear from God, either you're not a Christian and I'm going, no, 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 no. I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus. I don't like that. I don't like where he's going. <laughs> and he said, or you just haven't learned to tune in to how God talks to you. Well, all of a sudden, that became the good option. And as I'm lit in his seminar, and he's teaching what, he's, what, what I'm sharing today, all of a sudden, friends, God began to talk to me. It was almost like God was trying to catch up. God began to speak to me about all sorts of different things. I followed the principles that Mark's going to share. I'll share with you a little bit later about if you get some directional words, if you get God saying, do this, do this, do this, uh, to be able to share it with other people. And friends, the most profound one that was happening for Sandra and I during this time, we were pastors of a Baptist church in Mississauga. We were assistant pastors, and Sandra and I had just felt that our, our time was done. We had been here, all the things that we were asked to do, we've accomplished those things. It's time for us to go and find another place to go. And the denomination that I was a part of had asked Sandra and I to consider going to a church in Coburg, Ontario, which is just towards Belleville, Kingston area. And so as I'm, as I'm we're praying about this, I thought, I'm going to journal this. I'm going to have my journal out. I'm going to write out my prayers. And so as I'm... I can't remember exactly how I started. I should have brought the journal because I still have it. And I'm writing in here and I'm going, Jesus, do you want me to go to Coburg and be the leader of that church? And I felt the Holy Spirit say no. And so I write down no. And then I wrote down, what? Because I, I thought that's where it just made sense. Everything was good. Now I'm panicking. My next line is, well, where am I supposed to be? John Arnott, catch the fire. What? Because this church was the opposite of our church. This church believed in miracles. We didn't. This church believed that prophets could hear from God and speak God's word. We didn't. This, word, this church believed that God could talk to everybody. And we said, no, God doesn't talk to anybody. It was opposite. And here in my journaling, God's speaking to me. And one of the things we're going to share in just a moment is that you go to two or three pit, uh, people that you're accountable for your, your God thoughts and just find out if, to make sure it's right. People who are strong enough in character to say, no, Steve, I don't think you heard that right. You need to back up a little bit. You need to pray a little bit more, whatever. And I went to the two people that I shared my journaling with, and they're both going, of course this makes sense. Of course this is what God wants for you. You need to meet John Arnott. Well, I've never met John Arnott before. I'd been to his church, I'd been to this seminar, and now it's, it's a couple months later. And so I phoned up John Arnott and said, John, you don't know me, but uh, I was at your, your prophetic conference. Is it possible for me to take you for breakfast? And he named the restaurant at here, Ontario, and uh, Dairy Road in Mississauga. 
Uh, not sure if it's still there. It was owned by a Greek lady, follower of Jesus. And John had his own table. He had sort of a standing table for, that's where his office was. It was at a Greek restaurant for Greek breakfast. Good potatoes and bacon and eggs and all that kind of stuff. So that's where I meet John. And I'm, you know, shaking hands with John. Hi, John, I'm, I'm Steve and Baptist pastor. It's like, oh, yeah, I, I met your brother. He told me you were a Baptist. Yeah, 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 yeah. I said, John, the reason I've taken you for breakfast this morning is I want to share with you my journaling experience that I learned at your church. And I feel that God's spoken to me about something. And John goes, okay, what is it? So I said, well, when I was journaling about this church in Coburg, I felt the Holy Spirit say, no, don't do that. You're supposed to be with John Arnott. And he's eating his eggs, and he goes, what? Basically, I'm saying, John, you're supposed to hire me. That's what I was saying, and I'm a stranger. And John's going, what? And it's like, well, let me finish. So that's what I felt the Lord say. I went to the two people that know me best, and they said, yeah, you, you need to book an appointment with John and talk to him. And so here I am. And I said, but during this week, the Lord also spoke a little bit more. And this is what he said. Steve, John Arnott is a person of vision. He's a big picture guy. He's an apostle. And your purpose for the rest of your life is to help a person of vision accomplish their vision. So while we're talking, I said this to John. I think that you're a person of vision, and the Lord's asked me to help you to accomplish your vision. And John's looking at me, eating his potato pancakes, whatever he's having for breakfast. And he goes, okay, interesting. All right, good. Well, Steve, nice to meet you. And that was it. And it was like, I go home and Sandra goes, how was the meeting? It's like, I don't, think, I don't think he understood. And I was a little frustrated. And then I get a phone call later that week, and it's John Arnott. And he goes, Steve, can we have breakfast next Monday? Which was a week from the time that I'd, I'd paid for the first one. He's now going to pay for the second one because he wants to meet. And he goes, Steve, you know, you said that part about God spoke to you and said that you're to be helping a person of vision accomplish their vision. I go, yep. And he goes, you don't know this, but Carol and I have prayed that for a year straight every single day. Send us someone to help us accomplish our vision. And we think it's you. And I go, oh, my goodness, my journaling's right. Oh, my goodness, God's speaking to me. And he said, I'd like to hire you full time. I'm in. How much, you know, friends, you haven't heard, you haven't heard the story yet. <laughs> um, what are you thinking? And he goes, here's what I'm thinking. I can't give you any money. That's what I'm thinking. Church isn't big enough to, to hire you on staff. But if you, quit your, if you quit being a Baptist pastor and get a job somewhere else, then you can volunteer 40 hours a week for our church. Are you in? And I go, what a deal. Exactly, Curtis. You, you, you probably got hired with the same kind of idea. <laughs> I'm, I, Curtis was hired before I was. So I'm, I go home and I say, Sandra, John wants me to be full-time. Perfect. How much is it? Well, problem. None. Zero. He's got no money. What do you mean he wants you to be full-time? Well, he wants me to quit the Baptist church, get another job, and then volunteer 40 hours a week. And my loving wife said, no. No way you're doing that. So I phoned John and said, John, I'm sorry, but Sandra and I 
we really feel called to the ministry. We want to spend our full time in the ministry. So you let us know when you have some money. We don't care how much it is. Uh, I've never taken a job asking what the salary is, never once. Uh, just if the Lord said go, it's uh, the Lord's will, the Lord's bill. That's how I've lived my life. Anyways, long story short, that's June 1994. And John Arnott has no money, which means I'm not, I'm still at the Baptist church. And then a revival happens in this church in January 1994. And within two to three weeks, the building that we're in is too small. We're going to a banquet hall that seats 800. It's too small. We eventually come to this building, which was an empty warehouse. Didn't have the stage. All of this was way, way back. Didn't have these walls. Didn't have the bookstore. Didn't have the folding doors. It was all open. No ark over here, no nursery, no bathrooms, ladies. I think there was toilets for three ladies, and that was it. And we could get 5,000 folding chairs in this venue. And we did it every night. It was full every night. And John Arnott's phoning me, goes, Steve, we're hiring you, even if we don't have the money, because we need you to help get us organized. And so that's what Sandra and I did. I met this church, friends, because I did this, because I journaled my prayers, and talked to the Lord. And I want to encourage you, friends, this is how the whole of the scriptures was written, was people were listening to God and writing down what they felt God say for them, for others. Let's keep going. Number three is I'm going to look, God's going to speak to me, and generally his voice comes through your thoughts. It sounds like you talking to yourself. But when you're asking God a question and you get a uh, no, and it's like, what? So I wrote down the no and the what. I'm just writing everything down. I'm in a flow. I'm not trying to stop and analyze. I'm just writing, just like John did with the whole of the book of Revelation, was one vision. And he's written it all down so that we have all the details. And then the last thing is, is to write it down. And the Lord spoke to Habakkuk and said, write it down. Write down your questions. Write down your answers. And then afterwards, you can look at it. So the two rules, friends, are number one is what you wrote down, it can never go against the scriptures. The Bible that we have is the Word of God, capital H, the Word of God. What you and I write down in our journal is not equal to the Bible. It's my thoughts, your thoughts. It uh, could be incorrect. It could be uh, some things that are slightly wrong in, in what we have because we're not God. We're not perfect. But what God has in the scriptures is always right. And so if, if in your journaling, it's I'm supposed to kill my wife and marry a younger girl, you've not heard from the Lord. You're not supposed to have a younger wife, Curtis. Never. It's not an issue for you or for me because the Bible says don't kill your wife. So can't do that, right? Can't kill my wife. Number two is to have two or three witnesses. And this is all the way through the scriptures, friends. How do we know when something's established? The Bible says we know something's established by two or three witnesses. And so whenever you get some directional words, like you're to quit your job and do this, don't quit your job. Share your journaling with people that are strong enough in character to say, no, I don't think you heard that right. Let's spend a little bit more time doing that. Are you ready to practice? If you've got a smartphone where you can type something in, if you've got pen and paper, get that out. If not, I'm just going to have you close your eyes, and I'm going to lead us through three simple 
prayers and for you just to get into the flow and hear what Holy Spirit says, even if you don't have pen and paper with you. By the way, if you'd like these notes, send me an email or you can get the book with all the applications that are there. How about you close your eyes with me? So Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Welcome your presence. Friends, let's go back to Psalm 23. I want you to picture yourself. Green meadow, still waters. The Lord is my shepherd. And I want you to see yourself in that setting. I'd like to, for you to imagine that Jesus is somewhere in that scene whether you can see him or you just know that he's there. If you can see something, if you can imagine something, just say yes out loud with me. Out loud. Okay, good. So that's what John did in Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. He imagined things to get ready to hear from God. So what we've done is very biblical. That's what the Apostle John did to be able to receive the revelation of the book of Revelation. He pictured himself somewhere. And for him, it was a door, and Jesus is right behind that door. So see yourself in that field again. Jesus is there. And I'd like you to just ask this question. Jesus, do you love me? And what's the first thought that comes? And if you got something to write it down, write it down. Otherwise, just listen. Jesus, do you love me? Number two. Jesus, how do you see me? When you look at me, Jesus, what do you see? What does he say? What do you feel like he's saying to you? Does he say things like, you're amazing? You don't need to feel rejection over yourself because I'm with you. I see you as a warrior. You remember a few weeks ago we talked about Gideon and he saw himself as a slave And when the angel talked to him, the angel said, mighty warrior of God. And he's what? Are you sure? And friends, God's vision of who we are is almost always in the realm of that doesn't make sense to us. But again, if God's speaking, God sees what we don't see. God sees us without all the the stuff Without, without all the hurt, without, without all the disappointment. God looks at you and me and goes, mighty warrior, amazing woman of God, prayer warrior, conqueror, overcomer, is how God often sees me. Last question. Can just keep your eyes closed. Ask this question. Jesus, what would you like to say to me right now? What do you want to say? Friends, just listen. And if you get things, write it down.
And this is the gold time, friends, for Steve Long. This is the time when the Holy Spirit reminds me of things that are in my character that need to be changed. This is when the Holy Spirit begins to talk to me about my day, people I'm going to meet, things I need to know about people and their motives. This is when the Holy Spirit talks to me about being generous with my time and about being generous with my finances. Usually it's in my journaling times when the Lord challenges me the most to be a person of, of faith because faith is doing what God says. And so in my journaling, I'm feeling the Lord says, you know that person you've just been praying about? They're unemployed. You need to give them $1,000. And it's like, whoops, right. Do I believe what I just heard? So what has God just spoken to you about? What, did, what would he like to say to you? You can open your eyes. So friends, if it's a directional word that you had, I want to encourage you to go to two or three people. If you're in a small group, someone in your small group would be perfect for you to talk to. If you go through this exercise, friends, regularly, you are going to grow in the Lord phenomenally quick. You will become mature in the things of the Spirit far more because your teacher is the Holy Spirit. Do you remember... John chapter 16, Jesus is with his disciples. He's about to be arrested. In a few minutes, he's about to be arrested. He is talking to his 12, minus Judas, because he's already gone to organize a rebellion, organize some soldiers to come and arrest Jesus. And Jesus is teaching about the Holy Spirit. And one of the things that he says is the Holy Spirit is going to be the one who's going to teach you everything. Well, how does the Holy Spirit do that? by talking to us, by us taking time to listen to him, value what he says, write it down, evaluate it, pray about it, receive it, do it. Amen? How many of you journal irregularly or regularly? Can I see your hands up? Perfect. Those of you who have never done it, I want to encourage you, go to YouTube, Type in Mark Verkler, Hearing God's Voice, and listen to Mark teach this talk. He's much, much better than I do. He's got better stories. Well, I think I have better stories. But anyways, Mark's got his own stories. And will just help you to be able to be safe in hearing from God, from God or you can, or you can um, buy the book. Stand up, friends. One of the things the scripture says that we are to continually do is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So I'd like us to do that before we finish. For those of you that are watching online, in just a moment, we're going to welcome you to go to a website, our website, ctftoronto.com slash getprayernow. And if you'd like someone to minister to you, it's one of the benefits of being in-house, but because you're watching live, you get that benefit as well. ctftoronto.com um, slash getprayernow, and one of our team will be praying for you. We have some amazing people in their homes ready for you to minister to you right now. But before you do that, Let's close our eyes. Let's welcome the Holy Spirit. Spirit of God, we welcome you. Friends, go back. Imagine the last song that we did tonight, uh, this morning, the blessing song. And some of you recognized that song before the first words came. 
you knew the melody line. And what I noticed is that before that song began, some of you began to clap. Don't know if you noticed that. And why would people clap when a song's being introduced? It's because it's meaningful. Because that song has spoken to them before. And I don't know what you were feeling at the beginning of that song, but I was sitting in my chair, and I just had a rush of the Holy Spirit. I began to cry right in my seat, knowing, as many of you did, what the words of that song are. And the Spirit of God just began to minister to me and say that I was blessed. And his favor is upon me. And he's for me. And he's not against me. And I had a moment with God this morning during that song. And I'm sure many of you did as well. So Holy Spirit, we just welcome you to, can we have another moment with you right now? Can we be in your presence? Can we feel you? Can we sense your love for us? Spirit of God, come and fill us. Spirit of God, come. We want to hear from you. We want to be led by your spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Friends, I want to pray over you the peace of God, the presence of God. Father, I want to thank you. Father, so far for the six months of lockdown, this has been a safe place for people to come. No one's picked up the virus from anyone else. So, Daddy, if people have had it unknowing and come in, you've stopped it from spreading, you've healed their bodies, we don't know what you've done, we just know that your peace and your presence is in this room. And we welcome that to happen next week and the week after and the week after. That whenever we gather together in this room or at our homes watching, your peace, your presence, your healing will be with us. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Sarah, when she was leading us, was talking about change and the new and refining. And Holy Spirit, we just say we need your help. We need to hear from you. We need to be led by your Spirit. We thank you for dreams at night. We thank you for thoughts during the day. We thank you for the written word that guides us. But Holy Spirit, help us to know you. Help us to be in line with you. Help us not to be distracted. Would you cover us? May your favor be all around us, our extended family parents, kids. May your hand be open towards us to always receive us, to be providing for us, to be protecting us. And we submit ourselves to be 
under the care of a loving God, we submit ourselves to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to live our life listening, hearing, and saying yes. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Welcome you here. Welcome you here. We hope you encounter God and were inspired by this message today. To watch video of this message and other messages from Catch the Fire in Toronto, visit catchthefire.tv. Catch the Fire has churches, schools, events, missions and media all around the world. To find out more, visit catchthefire.com.